Welcome to Savage Tales, the Wrestle Savage podcast. Now, I would like to welcome our 1% audience in the UK. Hello. We are the <laughs> tag team champions of podcasting, and this is a slightly improved uh, intro that eventually we'll probably outsource to somebody talented and they'll be able to read us in. Yeah, help us out, please. Yeah, yeah. but I, I am, your, <laughs> as always, the host who boasts the most roasts, Rad, the A to the Z for Ashley, and with me, as always, because it's his fucking podcast, is Elliot, don't call him Johnny Gunn, Brumble. Hello. Ooh. <laughs> Slightly better audio this week. Yeah, got myself some new headphones, so hopefully everyone at home now, or if you're driving... You're not constantly turning the volume up and down and having your eardrums burst. <laughs> if you're dangerously careening down a Melbourne highway, no longer, no longer shall my loud voice and uh, Elliot's small, small fucking voice destroy your eardrums. <laughs> so yeah, better headphones now. So yeah, hopefully that problem's solved. And with hopefully that, hopefully Hawk doesn't mess with our audio again this week. Yeah, fuck. I should have tied the, the Waluigi and the Luigi boards up, but they're still sitting there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with that, let's let's move on to the wrestling roundup. Our week in wrestling, not yours. Don't be selfish. This is our podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, what have you been up to? Do you want to recap some of that 97 ECW? Yeah, so... Fuck yeah. I think I got up to uh, November to Remember Oof. last night. My favourite. Great pay per view, yeah, with uh, Douglas and uh, Bam Bam for the for the belt, the hometown uh, in the home, yeah, hometown hero Shane Douglas had a really epic entrance for him too, which I really liked. Where he had him, it was him, Lance Storm, and Francine around Douglas backstage. You now he's warming up and his theme music's playing, and then it's just like show, like falling backstage. I was like, yeah, hometown hero, <laughs> and everyone loved him. Yeah, um, and yeah, I was. Sabu and Sandman, which was a bit of a botch fest, but what do you expect <laughs> with them two? <laughs> uh, it's it, it's funny too because like, they have so many matches leading up to that in that '97 period. Brutal the matches, they kill each other. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> they they tear and skin off each other in barbed wire matches. Uh, Sabu smashes the bottle over Sandman's head. They fu- fucking throw the fireball. That's right. The the botched the, fireball. I thought the bot the bottle hit was so good too because Sam manages you know, doing his normal entrance, just standing, not paying attention. And you see Sabu just pop out on the stage in the corner, and you're like, "Oh yeah, what's he doing? Just jumps, <laughs> jumping <laughs> bottle smash on the Sandman's head." He's just like, most, "Fuck!" Most violent glassing and <laughs> since Rowdy Piper. And then yeah, that that cane shot that Sabu took to the face. Oh. I yeah. took a similar one like that from a from a certain eagle as well one time, oh, yeah. right right under the eye. That was a fun time. <laughs> good old good old safety yeah. first, Brian Eagles. Yeah, well, we can talk more about ACW and stuff. What I've been watching a bit later on, but I think we should really talk about the big news that's going on at the minute about Cody Rhodes. Oh man, the most where he's going. About. The most in a week where Stone Cold <coughs> gets announced that he may potentially wrestle against Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. <sighs> in a week where that gets announced, <laughs> Cody Rhodes is the most talked about wrestler in the world. Crazy. He's actually what do you what do you think about that Austin 
situation before we go into Cody, sorry. Oh, the Austin situation. Well, Do you think he should? or he, I, I don't think he should. Look, I think let's... so many guys have come back and fucked their, their legacy okay. up. Okay, 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 okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So many guys <laughs> have come back and fucked their legacy up, yeah? Yeah. Unlike so many guys, Stone Cold has so many reasons why he might fuck it up and or reasons and ways that he can have short matches. Like, basically, the stunner is a kill move. He can do it. It's the super easiest, world's easiest move to do. Kevin Owens could go for it. He just needs to push him off. Kevin Owens runs ropes and runs runs into a stunner. Uh, That's literally all he needs to do. And (laughs) anything that happens in a fuck-up could literally be covered by like, oh, hell yeah, I'm getting stone cold ready. I'm drinking (laughs) 80 beers. What? 90 beers, what? 100 beers, what? 103 beers, what? And a whiskey, what? You know, like, it doesn't matter. If Stone Cold could get, could <laughs> fall down the ramp, stack it up the stairs, get fucking people to help him into the ring, fall in, and people will be like, yeah! And all he needs to do is catch and or drop a beer and pour it on his face. Yeah, that's and good give, kick someone in the stomach and grab their neck. Like, at worst, he blows both his knees out and fucking Kevin Owens leans down to pick him up like a headlock and Austin, and, and lifts Austin, and Austin just grabs him and gives him a jawbreaker stunner. Like, what the fuck could go wrong? <laughs> like, yeah. I just, yeah. Like, That's true. That's true. <laughs> technically, That's a good point. he might as well have wrestled the last time he did that big WrestleMania appearance. I was like, oh, Austin's been telling everyone he's, he's broken. He can't do a stun anymore to fuck him up. And he said all this shit. And he worked me. He got in there, gave everyone 100 billion stunners, drank 60 yeah. beers. Like, I'm sure he could still do it. <laughs> he's not like he's not fit. He fucking drives hovercrafts and shoot guns and shit. Like, yeah. He's yeah. so motherfucking Steve Mussie. He's just going to go kick stunner. Like, Sorry, got you. Yeah, it's not that complex anyway, really. Yeah, they? but look, he ain't gonna get in there and fu- like if he does, it'd be great. But like, actually, <laughs> could he get in there and do a fucking Luthres Prez and a running forearm and you know all the Stone Cold shit? But like, no. he could stomp, he could stomp a mud hole. He can reverse and do a stunner. What else does he need to do? Like, Kevin yeah. Owens will sell it better. He'll probably do a moonsault off the fucking stunner. Like we're celebrating Scott Hall. Yeah, yeah. It's Kevin Owens, and like that's really happening. Yeah, fucking yes. Um, but the bigger news than all of that yeah. is the co- is is the Cody thing. A lot of people are divided. They're saying it's a work. It's it, it's a shoot. Um, this is really happening. La la la. Um, I think it, it'd be great if it's a work. I, I think it's the Bubba Ray side of the thinking. Wrestling needs a shake up, and he'd be good like an outsider trying to destroy AEW. It'd just be an incredible story. Yeah. Um. Like he affected their viewership, so they're down from at one point one million to like eighty thousand. He affected their viewership by thirty thousand, thirty one thousand. Did he? <laughs> yeah, but by, by uh, that with that news, sure so that shows. haven't just been shocking. <laughs> it, could, it could be that. They've been okay. Like um, Rampage this week was a total fucking miss. Like I wouldn't watch that if I were you. But uh, Dynamite was really good. Wasn't planning, wasn't planning on it. <laughs> if, if you're going to watch one, I liked Dynamite and Rampage right. was a bit, bit of a snore fest. I just eventually they'll get enough wrestlers that look like superstars and they'll know how to put over their superstars if you catch my drift. But like yeah, right now, it's sure. just like Adam Cole having matches that are going way too long against guys that Adam Cole should be beating in a few seconds. Yeah. Um, or right. minutes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, it's not like they're having a good match for what it is like. If a random big muscly guy jumped Adam Cole and kicked the absolute fuck out of him as he goes to take his jacket off after the bell rang, 
and it takes Adam Cole three or four minutes to like make his comeback, then hit one big fucking move and win. I'd be like, yeah, that was a sick match. When he's actually in there, like going back and forth with these guys and making them seem legitimate when he's supposed to be highly skilled and competed at a bigger level and be a superstar, it just, it just really washes out what I think they're supposed to achieve with, with a star of his caliber. He's not exactly yeah. my cup of tea, but at the same time, he is a star. Fans love him. And if you're booking without, if you're booking for the fans, he would be presented better, but he's not, it's not being booked for the fans. It's being booked for the fucking marks. Yeah. So, so they're giving him this man. Being a yeah. bit lost in the shuffle again. But yeah. And he, I mean, you could literally put him in the shuffle and just give him short matches where he looks really strong and, have that I would have just played that tension between the box and the um, red dragon. I would have played that and had him be the middleman for ages. Mm-hmm. I would have played that like I'd played that like a fucking fiddle until like every hot chick in the village followed me home. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like holy goddamn shit, I would have played that forever. So what they didn't really do much with that then. I thought they would have would have done something. It seems to have just fizzled. They just seem to be kind of happy right. with each other. They take sort of small pot shots, and I feel like they could warm it back up, but it just it seems to have fizzled a little. Yeah. They oh, seem to be coexisting, like begrudgingly coexisting for the moment, which I think is just put in a back burner and maybe losing him in the shuffle. Um, yeah. I, I, I see that we're getting the signal that it's time to go into the ECW countdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did did we acquire well, a special guest? This, I think this we week? did actually. Yeah. yeah. Just be here any minute now. Oh, here he is. Oh shit. Oh, shaky baby. <laughs> Whoa. Hello, my good friend. My good friend Ratti Trashly. <laughs> oh, hello, Sheik. Long time British the badass. Hey, yeah. Hey, 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 tales of the Savage. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's Wrestle Savage podcast. The Savage uh, Tales. Savage wrestler. Yeah. Sure, sure, Andy sure. Savage? No, 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 no. Nothing like that. I mean, yes, oh, kind good. of, maybe, but yeah, n- not like that. Actually, come, 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 good, sit good, in. Hey, good. We, we, we've got some, um, some of this stuff left over on the Luigi board. If you, if you want some of the A to the Z. Ah, oh, excellent, excellent. Ah, oh. oh. <laughs> um, cameraman, zoom it. <laughs> Uh, it's a podcast. There's no, there's no camera, Shiku. Uh, podcast. Podcast. Audio. You uh, listen to it on Spotify and maybe on YouTube one day. Okay. You know, like okay. Jim Cornette. Ah. Uh, yeah. Jim. The Jim yeah. Cornette. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Jim Cornette. The guy with the tennis record. His stuff is really good. Oh, sick. Cool. Yeah, yeah. They brought Hawk back from the dead, actually. Lord Warrior Hawk? Yes, yes. Yeah. How do you feel about Lord Warrior okay. Hawk? Is he, is he no good or? He good. He give me the A to the Z on the road. <laughs> what about Tito Santana? How do you feel about him? He's okay. Better than nothing. <laughs> oh, fuck. So could you count us in, Sheik, for the, the ACW, the, the TNN that oh, we're watching? The Paul Heyman. Yes, yes, the Paul Heyman. Ah, excellent. Okay. <laughs> make, uh, on, on Humble. On Humble. Let's go. Okay, okay. We're going to press play on Humble. Make you Humble. Hey, we're playing. We're playing. Got Raven on the screen. Three seconds. Four. Okay. Five. Yes. Yeah. Six. Thank uh, you very much. I, Thank you. I, I sleep now. Oh, okay. Okay. I guess. No more know. talking. No uh, more talking. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, just stop chopping me, please. Uh, you're a good sheep. Right, let's leave that one. Yeah. yeah. That knocked him out. She, 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 she sounded Howard through that stuff. 
Yeah. Does she sound a little British to you? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Are we on the I'm right? Sure why that is? <laughs> Are we on the right count? Just... Joey Styles seems to be trying to get us to wrap up. Yeah. Then we've got Mike Awesome doing an awesome splash onto Taz from Anarchy Rules '99. That's a great main event. Oh, okay. I've got Mike Awesome defend the DCW belt this episode. Well, that's going to be distracting. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So what have we got on the slab today? I hear that you are going to regale us us with your stories of meeting Gene Simmons. (laughs) It's going to be a geek memory. All right, sure, we'll do it now. All right. (laughs) So uh, when was this? This was like August, I think, 2008. 18, I think, or 19, I can't remember. But um, Gene Simmons was, came out and did a, a solo tour. But he also had Ace Fraley as his support act, too. So, you know, great double whammy there. So, um, yeah, head to the gig, whatever, get totally pissed. Beyond, you know, more than I've ever got in a long time. My friend Aaron, yeah, the who's, weekend. A, who's, a, who's a way bigger Kiss fan than I am. He's my good friend. Um, he was there too, and he brought one of the Gene Simmons vaults, which was like a must be like I don't know. I'm probably exaggerating. It's a fit like a 50 CD box set or something. A 500 dollars <laughs> set. Oh, it was exp- mega expensive. But yeah, it's got all of Gene's like demos and old Kiss demos and all that kind of stuff, and a Gene Simmons statue. Nice. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I helped him. I helped him put that in the back of his, his car or whatever. And he's like, "Oh, Gene's probably going to be out the back soon. You know, just down this back lane. He's probably going to be leaving." I'm like, "All right, sick." So you know, went around there, standing about there. I saw him come out the back and get in his car, and I thought, "Sick." I'm just seeing him up close, like close. Big limo. You know, standing on stage. Nah, it was like a big four wheel drive. Oh, like, like like a, a dog, the bounty hunter vehicle. Kind of, yeah, like a big Mercedes. Yeah, it's a big Mercedes four-wheel drive thing. So he starts driving down the road and then the car just stops. So we all just sort of, you know, we just sort of run, run towards the car. <laughs> and he, he undoes his window or whatever and he just starts chatting with everyone. And, nice. You know, yeah, it was, you know, I thought nothing could go wrong. And then I, I opened my mouth, you know, I'm drunk as fuck. Can I just ask him, <laughs> how do you think Trump's doing? <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, he's like, do we have to talk about politics? I'm just like, no, no, no. Just because he's your friend and that. And I just don't want to know if you think he's doing a good job or not. And he's just like, go get yourself another drink. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, it. He, like, he just totally burned me there. And then, um, and then, yeah, like before he like he was about to head off, I just went in and grabbed his hand and shook his hand or whatever. Like, I just forcefully, like, non-consensually just grabbed his hand and shook it. <laughs> Probably and not then, the yeah. first time that's happened to Gene Probably Simmons not. that no. day. No. So then, yeah, as that's happening, his driver starts to drive off, and both and my feet are under there, and yeah, just the the back wheel just runs straight over my fucking feet <laughs> <laughs> as he drives off. I'm just like, fuck! Just made a complete tit of myself in front of Gene Simmons, and then he just run me over. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 yeah, I, it pissed me off. It upset me a bit. A bit later on in the night, I was just like, I'm such a fucking idiot. Like, oh, fucking God, why did I have to say something like that? Like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> 
good on you to good on you for being able to have a laugh with it. <laughs> I remember the, the first time you told me about it, you were in stitches. Like you were already cool with it. Just got to laugh at shit like that. I suppose can't be can't be fucking sad about it. <laughs> oh, definitely not. I mean, it, I mean, it could have gone better, I suppose. But you know, Gene Simmons with Gene Simmons, he might have fucking said something about. But something back to me anyway, so you never know. <laughs> you, you meet a lot of people that have celebrity stories and like they're usually just like, Oh yeah, I met him. He was really nice. I stood in a queue. They signed something. Yeah, they yeah. they seemed nice and that's it. Like you've got at least <laughs> you've got a fun story, you know. It's not quite like I bumped into Gene Simmons at the bar and he was like, You wanna come smoke this joint with me? But it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's up there. Oh, that belt that Awesome's got on. Fucking hell. Man, the quest to eventually find somebody who can either make a copy of one of those belts, that mm. belt, or convince, um, what's the guy's name? Jamar. Convince Jamar to um, make one. I'll sign me up for one too. <laughs> oh, the, the day I have big fat podcasting money is the day. You know what? Fuck it. Podcasting fans, uh, uh, our listeners, look, just we'll start an Indiegogo and just fund us the money to get some ECW belts made. <laughs> <laughs> you guys That's love us. That's the whole reason we're doing it. <laughs> That's the whole reason we're doing is to make money. No, no. Like, I, I really don't give a oh. fuck. I mean, if you want to buy me a belt, do it. If you don't, like, I don't give a fuck. Dog <laughs> oh, that awesome just knocks himself out on pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. Man, like, also just landed on his face. Like, Rhino did not catch him <laughs> at all well. He landed on his fucking face, like. Still got the best mullet ever. Shit. Shit. You know, um, speaking of speaking of mullets, uh, yeah. did, you know, did you know much about uh, Bueller's Box? Yeah. Did you, ever, yeah. Uh, did you know Bueller's Box is open right now? Oh, really? <laughs> It's still open. You can still write to Bueller's box. I wonder if a box would ever write back for me. It will. It will. Okay. If, if the handwriting looks a little like the Blue Meanies, it, it wasn't him. But <laughs> One of my absolute favorite segments of ECW is when Joey Styles talks about Bueller's box is <laughs> opening soon. And he's like, I can't say this. We'll get thrown off the air. <laughs> and they finally use Bueller's box to segue into Steve Austin's first appearance in ECW. She yeah. shows up. She's like, welcome to Bueller's box. But she doesn't answer any of the fan mail, which tells me no. that her box is, in fact, closed. <laughs> Just stuffed full of letters. She <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want to take them out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm at a... I'm at a 40 letter limit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, it's a good thing that we're we're laughing and swearing because that reminds me, we have an upcoming pay-per-view special. Yes, we do. Uh, One of our, one of our sponsors is even coming on the, on on the episode and the the leader of uh, the, the, <laughs> notorious criminal underground organization known as the Claw is also going to be on our just, podcast. Just saying their name makes you start uh, that fucking intimidating. Yeah, you got to be careful. Got to be careful with the Claw. <laughs> mm. But yeah, that will be happening quite soon. Um, 
we'll announce it on our Facebook page when it's going to drop. So we've got some plans for it. So should be fun. We'll be talking about a variety of topics, I'm sure. About our ex- all of our experiences in, in Australian wrestling. A couple of little stories here and there. But uh, we'll have, a, have our own uh, Raven and McDonald's story, like everyone has the Cornet Dairy Queen story. Yep. We're going right to the source, eyewitness yeah. reports, and we're going to finally clean up the, uh, the Chris Hero SWA poo incident once and yeah, for all. Yeah, the Formula One poo incident. With, yeah. with added memories. Now that I remember, <laughs> I was actually at that hotel when I previously thought I wasn't. It's going to be an interesting <laughs> conversation. So yeah, do, do stick around in the future and check out for our podcast uh pay-per-view podcast we do actually want to do pay-per-views in the future once we start our only fans empire <laughs> uh and you can buy you'll be able to buy uh, ecw pay-per-view watch alongs but until then we're doing the best and worst of australian wrestling pay-per-views and if <laughs> if you were uh, an australian wrestler or you are a long-time person in the scene and you're interested in being on this or talking about hilarious things or things that you find hilarious, do contact us yeah, on our Facebook good. page or our TikTok or our Instagram. Russell Savage at Instagram, Russell Savage at TikTok. And what is the Facebook page? Savage Tales. Savage, Savage Tales podcast. That will be out podcast. in the next couple of days. And um, oh, awesome with the win there. And there's that sec- belt again. Segway and Awesome's win straight into a new sponsor. Um, oh, yeah. So, Dr. Johnny Lucas's Noodle House and Dietitian is the sponsor of this show. And let me tell you about Dr. Johnny Lucas's Noodle House. If My you want to go. Team partner. Yeah, he's doing really well for himself. If yeah. you want to go for a, 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 from a noodly woodly skinny boy to a sexy, sexy thick boy, you need high protein diets. And Johnny Lucas's scientific formula will fix you up. He will have you going from tiny, tiny banterweight to super heavyweight in no time. Try his protein Wong Tong noodle soup or his double noodle cheeseburger. We can't give you a discount because this is so popular for bulk up. And it's, it's not, just to, not, not just for skinny boys, also big boys, boys that want to get thick, extra thick, or, or weightlifters who need to bulk up. Yep, I've been eating those noodle burgers. They're great. Yeah, yeah. They're really bulking me up. Yeah, man. And sometimes I have to make some emergency uh, emergency trips, but I think that's just all part of the process. You know, it helps you flush the bad things out of your system. You know, it, it's scientifically designed to do that, I think. So they tell me. And with that fantastic endorsement, and thank you so much for the sponsor, Noodle. Thank um, you. This is the weekly one, two, three. And number one. one. (laughs) (laughs) So this one uh, is by one of my favorite bands of all time, Killing Joke. This one's called Outside the Gate. Um, So in most people's Killing Joke list, this is usually at at the bottom. It's not a very uh, well uh, received album with most Killing Joke fans because it's slightly different. Slightly you... light, it's slightly lighter and poppier with a bit with more sort of synth, like you know, poppy synths in it and everything like that, and some rapping in it too. But would... It, yeah. Would you else? say that? Would you say that most people leave it outside the gate? 
Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Would you say that it's a very clever title for uh, an album that's a little different from, from Killing Joke? Of course. It was supposed to be um, jazz. It was going to be Jazz's solo album. So but I think they had some contractual agreements. So still, still Jordy, the guitarist and jazz, the singer, but... Um, the, the, the original drummer and the other bass guitarist didn't really want anything to do with it. They didn't like the direction, so they just sort of did that. Like that, and yeah, I've been jamming that all week, and it's it's not a bad album, like, because what people say, you shouldn't believe some fans sometimes when they say things like that. You just got to go and listen to shit yourself. It's not the Terminator 3 of Killing Joe. <laughs> of course you have to fucking shoot that. And number two. <laughs> number two is... Uh, I'm called Bleeder by a band called Mutoid Man. Um, what? Mutoid Man. Why haven't you told me to listen to this band before? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, here's, right your, my alleyway. here's your opportunity. <laughs> Fuck. So they're sort of, uh, they're hard to explain. They're sort of, you can't really define them in a genre. They've got, Perfect. They, I love they have like sort of rock and roll elements to them. They've got sort of psychedelic elements to them. Like they're sort of, their songs are quite fast-paced. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very different. But yeah, just check check that album out for sure. If you want to start on them, that, that one, Bleeder, it's a very good album. Um, yeah, so. So that's it. And that's it. The big finishes is the sliced bread. And number three is Rigor Mortis by Rigor Mortis. <laughs> a fresh-own <laughs> classic. Uh, not blasted as often as it should have fucking been, nah, dude. definitely not. That was a once, a, once or twice a month. Like, that <laughs> should have been a four times a week. Or, what the fuck mm-hmm. were we thinking? Yeah. It's fucked when you come out, come across them like that, where you just think, fuck, we should just listen to this more. Like, fucking rips. It's like Razor. It's... Every time I, I, I boot up Razor, I'm like, why the fuck don't I listen to this every day? It should be my yeah. alarm clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, honourable mention to Razor. I'm always always listening to Razor. They're just fucking... People go on about who the best Canadian thrash band is. Like, you've got Anvil. like a night... You've got like... <laughs> 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 fucking Jesus. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Getting a bit off track here. Number three. <laughs> Rigor Mortis. It's Rigor so... Mortis. Yeah. Rigor Mortis by Rigor Mortis. Not dildo fucking guitar solos by Anvil. <laughs> Speaking of uh, dildo guitar solos, um, oh yeah, yeah, fucking, I got to talk about something. Like that, we we okay. chuck a bit of shade at the the ECW, um, WWE dubs. We yeah. chuck a little bit of shade at those every now and then. Uh, yeah, we do. And um, there's something that I want to talk about. The the fucking greatest thing about them is. New Jack's overdub. The Natural Born Killers, Dr. Dre's new dog is gone. We have In the Ghetto. Such a fucking banger track. Oh, are there actual lyrics for it? I'm sure. I yeah, there are, there are, but the only way to get the lyrics is to bring up In the Ghetto and use the auto-generated captions from YouTube. Does it actually do? <laughs> They're not bad. They're not bad. But it's got all the tropes of that that era of um, of music, Gangsta it's got the it, it's got the drop in them. It's got the drop in like that, and then yeah. it just hits those those high pitched wails, and it, it's yeah. a great uh, <laughs> it's, it's a great song. I've memed it on the page. It says "In the ghetto stays on during sex." It, it fucking should. It's a great track. Like 
<laughs> Such a stereotypical <laughs> track for that sort of. Oh, to, it's very yeah. yes. It's, if you, you had to find to, all the shit, yeah. If you had to collect all of that type of era of rap and sort of clone that song for New Jack, and it, it sucks that New Jack never came to WWE. I mean, there's obviously reasons why, yeah. um, <laughs> but it sucks that he never got to come out to that, or it hasn't really gotten its due. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think maybe they played it in the um, the old my god top fifty ECW moments. Maybe if that's the only time they got to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think of what any of the um, the lyrics. I want to listen to it because I've I've just always I've been play, playing the you know the redubs, so I've just been hearing Natural Born Killers all the time. <laughs> Natural Born Killers has got one of my favourite um, rap lyrics in it ever it's uh fuck charles manson snatch him out of out of trunk smack him with a brick and i'm dancing (laughs) (laughs) one of my favorite fucking lines Um, we need three more lines Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally that's exactly he's like he's like what else can we talk about man yeah we're natural born killers yeah let's let's kick the shit out of charles manson that'll make us tough Hey, Charles Manson. <laughs> ah, ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Oh, my God. I'm being hit in the face with a brick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, you know what? I got I to gotta give, I gotta give, uh, give it up for. We actually have a real fucking sponsor as opposed to all these phony adverts that you've been flooding our stream with lately. Wait, they're phony? I thought we had real sponsors. <laughs> well, you think that Josh's coyote and fried chicken shack Boom shakalaka come in for a feed. Do you think that's a real product? I mean, I did, and, and uh, it actually makes I, me hungry thinking about it. Yeah, and didn't ask, didn't our actual sponsor think that this was a real advert too? <laughs> well, our actual sponsor <laughs> thought that the Ruben Coyote Shack was real. It made him hungry. It made him hungry enough to realize that I had a, a a fine calling in life for reading sponsor hooks. So let me talk to you about our real sponsor now. You may have noticed during the week. Then we got a fantastic new blood-soaked bulb wire logo for Savage Tales. Period. Full stop. That's it. It's the bottom line. Savage Tales. We got this fantastic logo done. And in a timely fashion, no, no less, by our fantastic sponsor, DK92. DK92 is a graphic designer, an artist, an illustrator, and an all-round sick cunt. This yep. motherfucker is so highly trained in his 10 years in the business. He knows how to do everything. You need anything designed, he's done it all. He's done wraparound banners, stickers, badges, album launch covers, band banners. He has done TV logos. He can give you them in, in incredibly fast turnaround for an incredibly great deal. His name is DK92, that's DK underscore 90 is in the word and underscore and then two is in the word. DK92 on TikTok and Instagram and all over Facebook. Do look him up if you are in the in the designing need. He is a fantastic guy. He will hook you the fuck up. Look at the Underworld Wrestling logo if you want proof, my brothers. And thank you so much for your sponsorship, Doug. Thanks so much for that logo, that sick logo too. You finally made it. You're making logos for the number one podcast in the world. Yeah, the, you're making logos for 
the heavyweight tag team champions of podcasts. Like <laughs> other podcasts, they fucking act like they're in the business. They dress up in tights and get thrown through tables. And they think that they're big fucking shots in the wrestling world because they're hosting quizzes and having, <laughs> having little bar things. But they do not have the shiny gold belts. They are not the heavyweight champions no. of they don't have one one percent penetration in the UK. They probably have a much higher number. <laughs> <laughs> Sheik's agreeing with you right now. Sheik's laid here oh, showing, showing us his gold medals. Oh, oh, That's shit. right, yeah. Sheik. Thanks, Sheiky. Thanks. <laughs> so we've got the tag team champions and and a, a champion. Well, so he claims Olympic Olympic Sheik. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. He won. A, he won an Olympic medal for Haran in the in, in the in, in the Olympic Games. Well, the wrestling started. Okay, I Sheik, think he, I think sleep. it was a bronze medal, though. Actually, Sheik, go back to sleep. Don't listen to him. Don't listen okay. to him. But anyway, our sponsor has given us the sponsorship for the weekly word association this week. Oh, it is, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. six words that I like to throw at Elliot, the man who hates being ill prepared, and he has no fucking clue what the fuck these are. I refuse to tell them to him. He texts my girlfriend, like, can you take a Photoshop of the Weekly Word Association so I can be prepared because it stresses them out so much. <laughs> he will stutter. He will um, he will have no fucking clue. And it's all sponsored by DK92. Fuck Excellent. yeah. Oh, I'm earning those big bucks with those ones. <laughs> so you ready? Sure. <laughs> Number one, arcade. Oh, uh, fuck. What did we always play together? Alien versus Predator. That what we used to fucking fuck, play? man. We beat that <laughs> weekly. Yeah, we did. Mm. Leave it on before we go to the club and come back all wasted. Let the dogs out. Fucking start pumping coins. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd stack so all the dollar coins up because that was my. That was my. But uh, I bought an arcade while we were living together at the Frash Zone. Then yeah. nobody knows. And um, we used to bring change home from the club, the dollar coins, intentionally <laughs> to put them in the arcade and play different games after we went out for months. To um, make it authentic. Yeah, and that, that became my <laughs> savings cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I saved hundreds of dollars with my arcade machine. It was fucking incredible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, number n- number two here in the Weekly World yeah. Association, oh. sponsored by DK92, the greatest graphic designer in the universe. Bushes. Yeah. Bushes. <laughs> my drunken enemy, <laughs> it seemed. <laughs> Not as much as taxi cabs. We should taxi come back cabs. to that soon. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Churches. That's a fresh memory. Yeah, churches and taxi cabs beware, but bushes especially. And uh, the number three word in the weekly word association, Roomba. Roomba. Oh, it's like a little mechanical dog that cleans your floor. It's been a lifesaver for me in my new place. <laughs> Follows me around. Oh, fucking hell. Okay. <laughs> Fuck, you love that little thing. All right, number four. Yeah. A word that, you know, sickens me to say, but still, nonetheless, Arsenal. <laughs> the lover I can never get get rid of. Constantly breaking my heart, getting my hopes up and letting me down. <laughs> Oh, there's that damn team. That damn team. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Number five. Big lucky number five. Uh, Noodle. Noodle. (laughs) Go to his uh, noodle house. (laughs) Noodle house and dietitian. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh fucking hell! All right, here we go. Number six. Number six. It's yeah. it. Are you ready for this? <sighs> Meat pie. Oh god. <laughs> oh. Probably wasn't gonna make me want to go to the toilet again. Fuck that. I used to. I used to eat so many meat pies, but I can't fucking do it anymore. <laughs> That's just why I'm sick. It's just made me sick. <laughs> do, we need to, do we need to pause the podcast at a potential no, no. potential loss? We might need to record. Re-record. No, I, think, I think I think we'll be okay. <laughs> Here comes lead no, up. No, no, no mention of meat pie. Oh, talk about meat pies. Is this <laughs> talk about meat pies? Danny Doring looks like he's stuffed one down the front of his trunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cold in the arena. <laughs> he's got one googly eye. That piece of shit. <laughs> hey, that's a episode five callback. Call oh, is this the? Is this the? Um, this is Anarchy Rules. He proposes to Lita and he puts a condom on her finger. Right? Is this the episode? Is is this what happens? I think so. Yeah, it's good to see that the costume designer for Avery is still working, and that she used to make shorts for uh, for Lita. Hmm. Watching this. So where are we at? We just did the uh, sponsored. Association, word association. Yeah, we have a fine topic to talk about here. All right. Okay. This is, hit me. this is something that really ran true to uh, both of us, being people that oh. fell in and out of love with wrestling and sort of experienced different lifestyles that weren't necessarily within the, the wrestling industry, the wrestling bubble. Right. That thing that, like, okay, so, like, if you don't know, if you're in the wrestling bubble, and I'm sure you are if you're listening to this, and so if you're out of the wrestling bubble, and I'm also sure you are if you're listening to this, because we attract both listeners. We do have high numbers. We try. There's a lot, yeah. of, there's a lot of Aussie wrestlers, whether they want to admit it or not, we can see that you're listening to us, pal. So <laughs> thanks a lot for those, those thousands, of, uh, thousands of streams. Um, this is something that a lot of people are stuck in. It's this wrestling bubble. It's this problem where you only get feedback and information from the wrestling world. So you don't understand the, the scope of what is happening outside of it. And it's like why yeah. a lot of wrestling fans are like, I don't understand why WWE sucks and nobody, um, nobody's watching it and nobody likes it. And I don't like it, but they're still doing huge numbers that like those WrestleManias and those Royal Rumbles. And they can't really understand what the casual wrestling fan is or what the, Median wrestling fan is like the people that we know, me and you, um, yeah. being, you know, I've been very active in a lot of bands in metal scenes in distros, you know, I've had all different types of jobs. It's something that I always really like to ask people is what they know about wrestling. And I'm always very curious to find yeah. out. And if you follow Bill Apter online, you'll see that it's something that he's very curious on about. And he's been commenting about this re- in recent months. Um, he put out a, a series of videos where he's like, I ask children i ask my grandkids friends and i ask you know kids their age i'm like can you tell me you know five popular wrestlers and they struggle to even name one or two a lot of them say older wrestlers still and very few of them might say like a roman reigns is that or brock lesnar that's why i think i think of that now with most wrestlers like they don't there's no there's no real superstars anymore like household names, like as as the much as they used to be. I mean, I'm sure it's still possible now, but oh, I'd say yeah, I say it's know. even more possible now than ever before. Yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, it doesn't really appeal to the casual market that much anymore. Didn't CM Punk say something 
to well, do with that. I think it was incredibly stupid what Sam Punk said. He tweeted out um, a comment about how one person said there's no more casual wrestling fans anymore. And he's like, yeah, that's right. We're proud of that. Like, And I think mm. it, it, it shows that possibly even despite being outside of the bubble for a long time, he's still very much in that, that, that bubble. Like it's not a good number, 80,000 to a million people watching wrestling. If you look at the top wrestling match numbers, Mm. like number, like I believe it's number two or number three on the, the most watched numbers in wrestling. It's like Wendy Richter versus fabulous Moolah was like eight or like, sorry, it was like six or 7 million views. And the thing that was the biggest is like 8.8 million with Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, or possibly I think it's The Rock versus Stone Cold right? in that top three. And these are like huge viewership numbers. Yeah. Like, and and now people are like, oh, we did 60,000. We did 40,000. That's big. And that's the wrestling bubble for you. That's proof of the existence (laughs) of this bubble in which people are stuck in. And it's why a lot of fans don't shit on things that they used to like, if you took a, a Young Bucks spot, for instance, back to the ECW arena in 1995 to like 1998, possibly, and they yeah. stood outside the ring with their arms in the air waiting to safely catch somebody, and then they fell on the floor and they rolled to each other and they asked if they were okay instead of letting the ref check them. If they did that, the whole crowd would go apeshit. Yeah. They would <laughs> shit the fuck all over that. Like, and then you just would never be able to get over again. Like, and like that divide of there really was all those guys that came into the business in the box era that they were doing that indie spot fest stuff. They grew up on Ring of Honor and so they yeah. didn't understand the psychology side. And a lot of the vets have gotten way too old and just couldn't stand it anymore. And then that's why they say killing the business to the box. And then the box, which is really fucking cool of them. And I like them for this, the punk rock attitude of the box of saying, you know, taking the killing the business and turning it into the title of their book and putting it on their clothes and stuff like that. I thought that was really fucking cool because that's punk rock of them. But at the same time, the effort that they put in to make fun of the business with there being the elite podcast and, the, yeah. the sorry, not the podcast, the the, the videos yeah. and stuff it's like that. Yeah. The way that they're so trapped in that wrestling bubble, and so fans are trapped in that bubble, and it's like they make so many in jokes. It's like you have to have watched wrestling for at least ten or fifteen years to get most of that. Yeah. And then if you're an outsider, like, and it, it's why I can't watch wrestling with my girlfriend, despite the fact that if I have something cool on, like old eighties wrestling, is a really hot match, and it makes a fuckload of sense. Like for instance. Um, and I'll share this on our TikTok soon. Um, I've been watching some of the top matches of the 80s, like, you know, what people consider to be like some of the, the top 20 or top 50 matches. Yeah. Um, I've compiled a list of about 100 matches that have happened in the 80s. Um, Sweet. That, and most of which people are largely agree happened in the WWF. And that's not... So many people have this anti-WWE, WWF thing. So when I talk about WWF a lot... Um, I'll get a, a fair few fucking heated comments from people like, you know, there's other wrestling and it's like, yeah. And I watched it and it was okay. But have you watched this eighties period of WWF? Every good wrestler from every territory, including every good wrestler from Japan comes to this place. Dynamite mm-hmm. kid and tiger's mask, Anoki, fucking 
you know, the list goes on forever. They have every good territory jobber as well as every fucking good uh, territory superstar. You get to see matches that are just unbelievable for that era. Like, you want to talk about the Forbidden Door today? Watch 1980s WWF. Yeah, I like think I've got to grab that. some off you, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, they literally call on the world. And they're, they're, they have the most multifaceted, multinational, like, they have wrestlers from everywhere, like, everywhere. And it's just yeah. it's incredible. Like, um, but I've been watching, I've been watching a little bit of, like, the best. And, like, when, when, my, when my girlfriend sees this shit, she, like, she'll pay attention. I can't get her to watch AEW. I can't get her to watch a lot, a lot of modern wrestling. And when I took her to wrestling, that was an interesting experience. Yeah, outside of City Life Wrestling. And it got to a point in the show where she kept asking me why things didn't make sense at this local wrestling show. I'm going to say it. It was uh, Melbourne City Wrestling, who's, you know, they, they have a booker there that calls himself a genius and people agree with him. But if you go and watch his booking, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like so many things just just don't make sense there. And then they let other wrestlers do things or you can't tell where their terrible decisions begin or end because they let, I've seen so many bad things there, which I've talked about publicly before and I'm not about to get into, yeah. but this is a particular incident where I went there with my partner who doesn't like wrestling and like she we'd watch, she'd seen a bit of Will Ospreay and she's like, I kind of want to see him. You're going to go see him wrestle. And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, why do you want to see him? It's like, I don't know how many times do you get a chance to see Spider-Man live? I was like, yeah, that makes sense. She's like, I don't like what he does. He doesn't make me believe that wrestling's real, like when she sees all this stuff and, like, yeah. you know, watch Dan Hansen and Kabashi or, like, you know, uh, Bret Hart and um, <laughs> Macho Man and she's glued. Yeah. Because it's real. There's, you know, there's there's a realness to it. But, like, Proper yeah. storytelling. I, I watch fucking um, Okada and... Um, Osprey and she's like, yeah, cool. This looks like a Marvel movie to me. Like it, it's, I, she can't suspend her disbelief, but she wanted to go see it. Cause it's like, how many times do you get a chance? And we sat there and there's yeah. so many things that happened on that show. The, the point that I found the most interesting, what I'm driving at, and this is where the wrestling bubble comes into play is she's asking me questions and I'm trying to explain it. And it gets to the point where I can no longer defend how shit it is. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I can't fucking explain this to you anymore. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, that's just fucking stupid. But what I found really interesting was that the group of fans that were sitting behind and in front and around us, a lot of them started tuning into Becca's perspective of what was happening as she was recounting it and sort of agreeing <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, And that's what I talk about <laughs> with the wrestling bubble because to a wrestling person, they're like, oh, no, I understand this because I saw it at WrestleMania 3 and that's how the booker explained it to me because he's a genius. And they're yeah. going and putting this and then it's convoluted. It doesn't make sense because they don't know and they don't understand and they don't think about what it's like sitting eight rows deep when there's no rises and you can't fucking see what's like. Why would you do something so ludicrous as to have somebody handcuffed to the guardrail outside the ring below an area where, you know, we're talking about in a crowd of three or 400, only 15 to 12 people can see what the fuck's happened. Yeah. Right. Like stuff like that. <laughs> like, and like I could recount this show just being just atrociously booked, atrocious decisions to be the bookers or the managers. And like, I'm not, I'm there like, just like, look, I just want to see Will Ospreay go ding, 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 ding in a fucking tiny 16 foot backyard ring and look like Spider-Man. And I couldn't deny that to her. 
And that's what I talk about the wrestling bubble because there's nobody really booking wrestling other than the WWE a little bit. There's no one really mm. booking wrestling for hooking in fans. The job of wrestling is to hook in fans. When you watch a show, whether it's the 2000th show or the first show or whatever, it has to be followable. It has to be, you have to be, it has to be tangible. And like the wrestling bubble is the place where wrestlers watch Roman Reigns versus Brian Danielson and they have a competitive match and they're like, this is wrestling, this is wrestling, they're chanting and it's great. But the casual fan at home, the guy that sees it for the first time in the bar, the person who already doesn't like wrestling because his dad trashed it because it sold, it broke his heart in the 80s when it came out that it wasn't real. Those people, (laughs) they see a very small man beating up a giant islander and they see something that they would never see in the real world and that to them takes them out of of the belief. And that's that's the biggest problem with modern wrestling is that wrestling bubble. Yeah. And we and, suffer. And fucking and no accountability for fucking shit matches as well or shit shows. Yes. It's always That's the fans' gone. fault. Or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like we're in this, we're well and truly in an era where a lot of the wrestlers in it didn't grow up with what was considered wrestling. They grew up with the era of the older guys were saying, this is killing the business, but they weren't willing to do anything about it. Mm. And I'm not saying it's killed the business, but when you have fucking comments from CM Punk, like there's no casual wrestling fans, and he says that thinking it's a positive. It's like, you know, a, like re- wrestling is very underground. You go on fucking TikTok, most wrestlers don't even use it. It's the most downloaded and used platform in the world. Most wrestlers aren't on it. It's a virtually open platform for wrestling fans to invade. I invite you guys to come on. Um, you know, there's, take over. maybe we may <laughs> we may just. Um, hi to all our fans from TikTok land. Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> but it's it's true. It's very interesting that I feel like wrestling industry is buried behind the eight ball. They just really don't fucking seem to be adapting. There's some wrestlers that sort of have patrons and stuff, but like, I feel like this is something that I could really really talk about for a long time. Yeah. As we come to the close of uh, the ECW show at the moment, Carino and uh, Dreamer are having a bit of a tiff, leaving very young Yeah, looks he looks quite like your son here. He looks quite like Colby at the time, like now. Um, <laughs> I hope his career is coming along well. I remember watching him at Evolve before they kind of bit the bullet. Um, but I'm yeah, not sure what's going on with him actually? <laughs> I see his name come up every now and then, but I, I don't mm. follow his his stuff actively or anything. I'd be lying if I said I did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like sticking with that wrestling bubble stuff, cause it is a subject that I could really talk about for a long time. Um, yeah. W- when I, when I booked underworld and a lot of the stuff I went to with <clears throat> Mark and what we shot back and forth and how we discussed shows was how the fan would see it from yeah. the front row, from the back row, from walking in late, how the, the audience would, would adapt to it, you know, yeah. like, and we, we made it under, you know, there was like, when you came to the show, I gave, there was photocopied handouts of the rules on the door. Yeah. So you could see that it was different there. So you knew how to act to it live. Uh, at least I hope you did. Um, and like, cause I knew it could be confusing having different rules. Yeah. 
on the on the on the TV, it was run episodically, like an ep- like a series. So you had to get that explanation to understand it. You couldn't just jump in, and that was the point. It was supposed to somewhat alienate the senses and do wrestling a bit different. I wanted people if they came in late to feel like they had to catch up. That was the whole point of it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But I don't see wrestling coming at anything with that angle creatively. Like no. it's just oh, we're having this kind of match or we're doing this kind of thing because wrestling. Because you understand, because you're a wrestling fan. And, yeah. you know, you don't see Booker's, like I was talking about um, Rampage being a bit of a snore fest, because, like, you don't see Booker's looking at what a star is and what isn't. Um, and it's not like the knowledge isn't out there. Like, it's really out there. There's so many old podcasts, and there's torrent sites that you can find those old podcasts. And guys like J.J. Dillon talk forever about, you know, the booking of mm. Florida's and sitting under the Crockett promotions. And, like, guys like Dusty drop fuck tons of knowledge, hours of knowledge, 18-plus hours of fucking knowledge of, of Dusty out there, Cornette, Secrets of the Ring with Raven. Oh, yeah. There's so much. And, like, I feel like if people have taken all this in and they're still in the wrestling bubble and they can't apply all of this 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 knowledge i i feel like the industry may never move forward because like we're in this point where technology has moved forward yeah. children are watching youtube and tiktok only mm-hmm. television is 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 fucking dead unless you're over 40 yeah <laughs> like yeah, most people most people have a subscription now. stream now they have the wwe network they have yeah. netflix and or disney plus some of them have only one of those, yeah. you know, like, and then they've got YouTube. YouTube is free to air <laughs> television today and too many aren't adapting to that. Yeah. And like too many wrestlers aren't adapting to the environment that's, uh, that's come up around them in the last eight years. And that means that a lot of these guys are eight years behind and the ones that are adapting, they're stuck in a fucking wrestling bubble and what they're putting out is getting huge audience, but it's only finding already established wrestling fans because there are no casual wrestling fans because people are failing to hook them. Yeah. There's so much character development shit that people can do now, like even like with social media and like with, you know, TikTok and all that stuff. Like, I know it's a difficult time and there's like not really many shows on for them to sort of display their wrestling, so to speak. But like there's so much time now where people can sort of do different things, film their own sort of little, you know, segments and stuff if, like that, if, develop their characters and then, you know, if I, you, I don't see enough people really doing that. Exactly. What you're saying is 100% true and it's like, if you moved professional wrestling from the 80s, if you moved like mid-80s or even fucking like up to like 93 wrestling, if you moved any wrestler from that period into a COVID, a COVID world, after their culture shock and you told them what they have, these motherfuckers wouldn't care that they couldn't wrestle because they would be cutting insane promos on TikTok. Yeah. They would be hooking it in with Twitch streams that weren't about playing video games because they would understand what their business is. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it is, it's crazy to me. I see like, look, I, I know you're not the biggest fan of Oliver Tree. Um, but like, I see this I guy out him. there. <laughs> I see this guy out there, and it's like he's a living meme, which means he looks the same all the time. You can make it; you, he's instantly recognizable. He's literally doing '80s wrestling. He's a cartoon character almost. The reason that kids are riding around on scooters everywhere is because of Oliver Tree. 
And he's on everything. He understands what he's doing like no other. Like if you're a pro wrestler today and Oliver Tree isn't on your radar in terms of how the fuck to get famous and get over, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like if you don't, if you're a wrestler today and you're still watching wrestling and thinking that'll help you get over, you're an idiot. <laughs> like honest, the world has changed so quickly. Like Dan House and half gets it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Orange Cassidy half gets it. And then at the same time, you have um, Tony Khan saying stupid tone deaf shit. Like, oh, I don't want to get social media managers for my guys. It wouldn't be organic. It'd be all, you know, it'd be all crappy and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, hire people who know what the fuck they're doing with social media. Hire writers and get writers together. Create, find bookers in creative places and get them to help come up with, put a writing team together for social media of Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy and all these characters that you have and put them over. Jungle Boy should literally be presented like a boy that's all wild and fucking crazy from the jungle. And the only person who can really fucking talk to him is Luchasaurus. And Luchasaurus is a mental cunt that literally is like the mask. And when he puts the mask on, he thinks he goes to a Jurassic age. And that's why they can communicate, <laughs> you know, and put that on social media. And kids on TikTok will see that. And they'll be like, who's this jungle guy and his crazy Lucha, Luchasaurus dinosaur friend? Yeah. And then yeah. they'll go, oh, and they're wrestlers and then they're cool. Yeah. Like Orange Cassidy <laughs> could go around being, you know, half infused by everything. And fucking that would be way more over than any of his wrestling shit. And then mm. when he gets in the ring and he does those, I'm, you know, pissing you off with these kicks and if they, they presented it better and they had a social media team, AEW wouldn't just close the gap. WWE would be fucked. Like yeah. social media game to both of these companies is like, oh, we do um we do polls. Like I fucking can do polls. That's not special, dear kid. Yeah. Like you can do polls. Anyone can do it. like Russell Savage does polls all the fucking time. That's what we used to do before we started doing podcasts. Like when yeah. I, when they do it before the shows, it's like, okay, cool. Is that but that's your big trick? Like and some prep wrestling promotions, they like walk up to their wrestlers and they like they live stream them and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's not bad. But there's yeah. so much more that you could be doing. There's so much more, and yeah. like it's it's, it's bigger than that right now. Yeah, like I I, another thing too with with wrestlers and social media nowadays, it's like there's no there's there's no kayfabe. No kayfabe. It's just all. <laughs> It's just, I don't know, it, it, it destroys the mystery, like the the mystery, you know, with wrestlers, you know. A lot of the time, you didn't know what they were like did in their personal life, you know. You know, there's, a, I mean, they can do it, you know, but just have a separate account. Have your, mm. have your main wrestling account. Have it be totally fucking kayfabe. Wrestling is so, like, caught up in wrestling Twitter and, like, wrestlers care so much what fans say and troll them and all this dumb shit. And like, it's just so fucking boring. Mm -hmm. Like I don't give a fuck if some fan tells Joey Janela that he's got a pin dick and Joey Janela roasts him. I don't care. Like yeah. I don't give a fuck. Why is Joey <laughs> Janela on the motherfucking internet and not fucking at the gym or like breaking a white claw in some dude's face at a Hooters and stealing a waitress's skirt? Like, why, why the fuck do I give a fuck if you're a pedestrian ass motherfucker on the internet? Like, yeah. I want larger than life. And if I find you on the internet and you're not larger than life, I don't care about you. Like, it's yeah. why there is no superstar like Brock Lesnar. 
period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and when you see pictures of him, it's like, it's pictures other people took or he let people take with him. Yeah. He's not, like, you could literally, you could sit on the internet for the next 25 fucking years calling Brock Lesnar every name under the fucking sun. I guarantee he'll never fucking respond because he won't know because he's doing something else because he's a real person that doesn't give a flying fuck about wrestling. Like, he gives a fuck about getting in the ring, beating the fucking shit out of somebody and winning a belt. And that's why he seems real, is real. And that's why people in the wrestling bubble, they don't get it. They're like, oh, Kofi should have gone longer with, with, with Brock. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Let's see Kofi <laughs> and Brock go at it for real. And then you'll have one dead Kofi Kingston on your hands. There's a reason why these things happen. Like, yeah, you, you know, Brock is, <laughs> is the once in a lifetime. I watched him on the pack, the, the pack. Bleh. I watched him on the Pat McAfee okay. show. Yeah. And, um, that was incredible seeing Brock being real and Brock real is still a scary beast. He's a bit more humble than, you know, the beast, but he's, he's a scary beast. Uh, I'll send a couple of clips on that. I should probably, I should probably just check out the whole thing. Watch it. It's really entertaining. It's yeah. a good side of, it's a good side of Lesnar. But m- my whole mm-hmm. point is there's way too much stuff that happens in wrestling today that people just fail to understand. And the wrestling bubble is so stuck. And like indie wrestling is so, stuck in its opinion of like oh well we're just gonna keep like there's indie wrestling promotions out there and especially in australia but definitely even more widespread in america there's indie wrestling promotions out there that are having intergender matches and they can't understand why they'll never get a tv deal or a major streaming deal Mm. and like like um like those things are And the debate about whether or not it should happen or can happen goes out the window when it comes down to people who sell advertising, people who are involved in television, they will never fucking have that. The reason why WWE never do it, and if they do, it's like a woman kicking the shit out of a man, that's it. Or it's like that minute at WrestleMania with fucking Rousey and Triple H. Like, they never have that. It's literally because you can't sell sponsorship on a man kicking the shit out of a woman. And, like, you watch you watch Impact and Jordan Grace uh, lost uh, the internet title or whatever the fuck it is. She lost to Cardona. And despite mm. Cardona, the whole match, he's just beating the fucking shit out of her. And he's like, ah, oh, man, I don't really want to do this, but whatever. And then he beats her and he loves it. But he yeah. beat her and, you know, whatever. Like, I'm the <laughs> champion. And I'm like, that hurt to watch. I literally watched a big muscly dude beat the fuck out of a, a curvaceous woman. Mm. Like, that hurt to watch. And it's like... I would put no corporate sponsorship on this and this TV show won't go very far because of that. And that's impacts numbers are low as fuck. And at the end of the day, that's the wrestling bubble. Again, I know this has been a huge topic for us on this. This podcast is something that I love talking about. To, yeah. We've wanted to sort of get it off our chest really. Well, yeah, you, I, you more so. <laughs> I'll just let, I'll let you have at it. <laughs> it's because me and you have a lot of friends who used to watch wrestling or I ha- and I have especially have a lot of friends who want to watch wrestling and are curious about it. Yeah. And if I show modern wrestling to uh, my friends who are in their early 20s, they don't like it. No. I show them old wrestling and they're like, this is what I wanted. Like, the- I'll give you a really good example. I was at a, a New Year's Eve party a couple years ago and I was telling, I was kind of ended up sort of explaining why I like wrestling, but why I like old wrestling. 
Mm-hmm. I was telling the story of when there was a car crash in a territory and a heel and a face, basically they crashed into each other and it was in front of, you know, like a town hall or a pub and people started coming out and because of kayfabe, they had to start beating each other up. And then yeah. that became <laughs> a story and that was in the newspaper. And that's why I like wrestling. Yeah. Because today if a heel <laughs> and a face crashed into each other, they'd live stream it on Instagram They'd make jokes about it on Twitter. Other wrestlers would chime in and make fun of them, and yeah, they would be a fucking joke. They wouldn't, they wouldn't make any money off of something like that. Yeah, like and <laughs> so, and there's a shortage of wrestlers like Terry Funk, who are like, okay, you may not think they're real, but I'll definitely convince you that I am. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 pretty much it. I think I've covered everything on that that wrestling bubble and why, you know. I mean, I haven't covered it all. I could talk forever. There's so you think, much you'll stuff. Think of, you'll think of more stuff when this is 50 over. Things, <laughs> 50 things just went through my head now. Like I want to talk about the wrestling <laughs> bubble existing and me seeing people do a tap out or knockout match with the old 10 count rules and the knockout came from a fucking frog splash. That was probably the dumbest <laughs> thing. That's with it, with it, without a doubt. Okay, here you go. I've got a top. I've literally got a top five of the stupidest things I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Let's have this as our last segment. Yeah. Okay. So, like, my, the stupidest things I've ever seen in pro wrestling. So, number yeah. one was um, the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders have that fucking awful match or whatever fucking pay per view it was, and they used the force to get a chicken, a turkey leg, to fly into their hand. And then they ended up in a dumpster and they did the trash compactor scene with Star Wars from Star Wars. I was so furious about that. It stopped me watching wrestling for almost eight months. I, would, I, I hated it that much. Like I couldn't digest wrestling after seeing that. And I wanted, I wanted to take Soul Ice in um, Jim Cornette tearing that to shreds. And I listened to his podcast on that event. And he's like, oh, I didn't watch it. I skipped that match because I knew it would be trash. And I was like, fuck. I yeah. only like he'd still be going insane about that. Like he would still be fucking going insane. Um, so that's I'm my number. I'm still yet to see it, so I think I'll I'll, st- I'll stay that way. So that's my that's my <laughs> number one, and then my number two was what I was just saying before, mm-hmm. which I've now, I've now completely lost, but I'm sure it'd be relevant in record. Yeah. If you remember, I'll go on about it a bit more. Uh, knockout um, from a frog splash. Oh yeah, the knockout from a fucking frog splash. <laughs> so this was right after Underworld announced their fucking rules uh, promotion from Adelaide. Who were like, "Oh, we'll show you them what a knockout or tap out matches." And they did the old school boring rules of like a knockout meant getting a ten count on the floor because like, fuck, you're stuck in a wrestling bubble if you think that's still entertaining. Like, god damn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the finish with the fucking frog splash and the motherfucker got knocked out from a frog splash and like. I've never, never really felt so low in my life. I was like, God fucking damn, man. That's just a low ass point for wrestling. And you think that's good. And they, <laughs> they talk about it online like it's fucking great. Um, <laughs> like it was just like looking at this, like you motherfuckers need to get out of wrestling bubble. Like watch that from an outside perspective, dude. Yeah. Look what the fuck just like go into a bar and go, all right, so I was watching USC the other day. This dude jumped off the cage and his stomach hit the other guy's stomach. Knockout. <laughs> see how that fucking goes over for you that story you pillock oh, fucking hell um, so yeah there's that 
And then fucking, oh, do, do you want me to go on? Because I could go on about this forever. There's yeah. the, the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I talked about this online. Heaps of people got upset about me, was uh, at me. And fucking, again, Australian wrestling. There was a guy who, he touts himself like he's a wrestling genius and he does all this shit. And the, the booker didn't want to take the blame for this. So he, he pinned it on the wrestlers. And it's like, you guys literally talk shit like you have agents and your bookers go over everything. And then when something bad happens, you always pin it on someone else. And then you say you're a genius. So explain that one to me, man. That, that sounds like a real dead shit. No one will take fucking accountability problem. Um, this motherfucker, they gave this guy this really fucking cool gimmick. And he basically, he literally ate chips and chips made him happy and like almost super powered. Yeah. They had yeah. the they had fucking um, they had a match and this motherfucker force fed him chips and he tapped out to it. Huh? Yeah, it would literally be like if the villain from Roger Ramjet force fed him proton energy pills and it killed it, Roger Ramjet. It was like the dumbest thing I've ever fucking seen, and it was like. I like turned to the person I was with and I was like, did that actually just happen? And they were like, yeah. I'm like, you want to walk outside for a minute? And they're like, yeah. And like, I walked outside for a minute and there was like a bunch of fans walked out and they were like, there was like casual fans. It was like, that was the dumbest thing. Like what, what the fuck? Like he literally just kept putting chips in this dude's mouth and then he tapped out. Like it looked stupid. It made no sense. He's fucking acted like the chips were going to give him powers when he got them. And then fucking this dude, it was like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Wrestling bubble. Yeah, well, like, oh, this would be a great idea. Like, wrestling bubble, dude. Do you think about how that impacts your audience and what you're doing and the characters around it? Like, and if you weren't in, if you weren't stuck in a wrestling bubble, that wouldn't have happened. What's that? That's like oh. three things, four things now. I think that's. Uh... <laughs> Do one more. Do one more. <laughs> if you can think of one more. <laughs> things that I can think of. All right, here we go. Here's the wrestling bubble for you. And this is why everybody's stuck in the wrestling bubble. And wrestling is never going to be popular in the mainstream ever again. It's going to suck forever. So it's going to be a small ass thing. (laughs) There's never going to be fucking 10,000 fucking... Sorry, there's never going to be like small show, small companies doing 10,000 seats. It's never going to be, you know, massive gates and fucking football stadiums full for just little local independence like they used to be in America. The reason why this is going to happen is because this is the worst things that ever happened in wrestling. There are hundreds, not few, not dozens, hundreds of professional wrestlers out there who jump off the top rope and yell, fuck this shit. And they do an impersonation. They do an impersonation of some Mongol fan called Super Humus. He's not a superhuman. (laughs) They do an impersonation of this guy. Because a fan impersonating wrestlers and jumping on garbage is more popular with the boys and the boys are popping harder for a fucking wrestling fan and impersonating a fucking wrestling fan in the ring. That's how far around we've gone in the wrestling bubble. Think about that. Think about in the 90s if there was a, a wrestling fan who did that and a wrestler impersonated that fan. Think about how blackballed they would have been out of the business too. And it's not, this isn't something that fucking I'm not progressive or this is an old school opinion. This is a a mood point at the end of this. This is what's fucking wrong with wrestling. This is what's hurting wrestling. Fans need to boo this. They need to get online and you shit all over this crap. Like you're impersonating a fucking fan. You're supposed to get fans. You're not supposed to be fans of fans. Like break it down. Wouldn't even even be 
like on anyone's radar, like if any that sort of shit was going on. I mean, it, it was, you know, he, backyard. He would have been a back cat as a backyard wrestler and would have just been totally not even. Wouldn't even be, you know, would no one have the opportunity to do anything like that because it would just be considered so stupid. It's it's really unpack it though. Like really, like please, if you're a wrestler yeah. and you're listening to this, please, if you've got this far, just fucking unpack this for a second, yeah, in your head. Take yourself out of your wrestling boots and your wrestling world where all this shit seems forgivable to you, and you think I'm wrong. I'm not. I am not wrong. You tell me any industry, anything ever that's happened where the it the making yourself out to be a star to generate money has worked by copying what your fans are doing. Cause it, 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 it like, it's like, it's literally doing that and thinking it's okay. is like having an opinion that wrestling title belts don't mean anything and that every single match is in an ex is an exhibition and, and that nothing's important. And having that is that opinion that's being in that wrestling bubble where you go out and you're like, I'm going to have a good match. It's like no dumb shit. You're going to go out there and tell a story. You're going to, you're going to make these fans go home and go, man, that was cool when that dude fucked that move and his foot was really sore and he had to take his boot off and then we weren't sure how it was going to play and the bad guy kept stomping on it and the ref was showing sympathy and then he quickly rolled him up and still Shit, that was amazing. Or how cool was it when that big dude got fucking attacked by that little guy and he he was fucked for the whole match and he kept trying to fight back and that dude kept cheating and eventually he won and overcome the odds. Like, you know, like nobody goes home and goes, how cool was that match where those guys did 80 moves that I can't remember in the first 30 seconds and there was 25 suicide dives. Yeah. There's no fucking <laughs> story there. Like, and wrestlers wrestle to do cool moves now. Like, that's, yeah. that's going to keep holding us back because... You're wrestling too much for stuff a burns the crowd, crowd burns the yeah. crowds out too. If, you, if there's too much of that stuff early on in the show, it's just gonna. Well, no, I don't, it seems like no one discusses what what each other's doing in each match nowadays. You know, and sort of. I think. I think. <laughs> I think that's a good point too, because wrestling has evolved to a point where the average person, like in the '80s or the '90s, you're going out there, you're probably doing about ten moves max, mm-hmm. maybe less. Between punching and kicking and hit and basic stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, now it's so much different. Uh, people are bump monkeys, you know. You'll go out and do a thirty-minute match, and it'll have everything in it. You'll have a super duper bomb, a four fifty hurricane runner, a fucking, you know, <laughs> everything. Everything has big, big moves. And so discussing yeah. this when you're doing fifty fucking plus moves and like everybody's doing fifty plus moves, discussing this isn't really a reality that we can live in anymore, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But like. And we, but but as I say that, there are certain things that still could be, you know, mood points in in matches. And I've been on shows that are designed for that, where the big finishes and the big moves are written on, um, on the whiteboard or the blackboard. And yeah, those shows have always gone very well for the live audience. And that has really shown in my mind what that can do. And when I wrestled and I started really getting it. And I would get a lot of shit off the wrestlers because they would be like, you don't do any moves. And like, I'd never be on highlight reels because I wasn't wrestling for a highlight reel. I was wrestling for the audience. Yeah. 
But in the era that I wrestled, I was the only heel that sold merchandise. And not just the only heel, I was one of the only wrestlers that sold merchandise. And I covered my money and I made a living almost for for about half a year at one period. And when I started getting really good and I started wrestling almost every weekend. Yeah. I was selling most photos booked, and most booked come in the country. Yeah, and like I like nobody would know that. And I'm not touting no. it like it's important, but it's 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 interesting that I would go out as a heel and like I go, what's your name? And they go, Steve. And I go, dear Johnny, you're a douchebag. Sign Bruiser. Here you go. <laughs> and like I was a heel. And like yeah. they bought keychains and posters because they rocked up to a wrestling show thinking that they'd be able to buy merchandise. Because you know you don't go and see a Kiss and expect them to be like, sorry, we don't have any t-shirts. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and nobody would bring merch in those days because everyone was the wrestling bubble then was crazy, and now it's even more insane. Yeah. And like getting injured and getting outside of it and, and really seeing how different the world is and having so many friends and talking to so many people about wrestling and sort of getting that opinion, that really helped me understand what the fuck you're actually doing when you, when you come together in a building to put a wrestling show on or you get there to have a match. And it, and it helped me understand it long after my career. So like my career can't speak volumes for my understanding of the business, but my life experience and I never stopped, I never stopped studying or learning business. Yeah. I, I tell you what, man, I put my money where my mouth is. Tony Khan, if you're listening and you want me to come in, I notice you don't have an executive <laughs> anymore or whatever. I notice <laughs> that you don't understand what booking scale is at all. And uh, we should have some talks because I'd love yeah, to get my up. hands on some booking. <laughs> Yeah, hit us up, my man. <laughs> oh, or local gosh. companies, anybody. I know this. Like, I can see how many of you motherfuckers are listening to this. So I know you're listening. Yeah. If you if 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 you want some help and you need it, trust me, you need it because you're doing dumb shit like a lot. And then none of talk us, to us. N- none of talk you. on the podcast. Yeah, man. I don't see any <laughs> of you funding ten grand out of nowhere on a Kickstarter to start a yeah. to start a wrestling show. I don't see any of you thinking outside of the box. Like none of you are bringing anything new to the table. None of you are doing anything that's particularly new and interesting. And not only that, you look at what a lot of the companies in Melbourne are doing at the moment. It's still my shit. Yeah. Battle Championship Wrestling has a Battle Express Championship. It's literally a 10-minute belt. They stole that from Underworld. MCW right now are pushing Zan Wen and fucking Mitch Waterman. Gee, I wonder where you got that idea from. I wonder who was ahead of you on that. I did that shit three <laughs> years ago, motherfuckers. Call me. You're using people to book your shows that literally don't think that title belts are important. Your shit is, is it's not cool, man. It doesn't, it doesn't hit any of the buttons. I saw an MCW advertisement on my, on my Instagram, yeah? It was yeah. a fucking black page with gold text on it. I didn't even know that it was wrestling. I was like, I, I was like, what the fuck is this an advert for? And why am I seeing it? And then at the bottom it says MCW Wrestling at MCW Wrestling. And I'm like, you fucking shitting me? And I click it. Mm-hmm. And they got these fucking sick videos and that. Like and like, then you got Renegade. They bring in Jonah out. You wouldn't know about it because they're not even paying for fucking advertising online. And the era that we live in, digital advertising is the cheapest thing ever. You can literally reach a million people in your own city for less than $80. And you don't even want to chuck $80 on it. Like, it's piss poor, man. And then they don't even know what they're doing with their booking. It's, it's crazy. Like, three-man commentary teams? Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you idiots thinking? 
<laughs> oh, Sheik's smiling next to me right now. Yes. Yeah, he's, shoot- <laughs> he's shooting. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's Rest been shoot. my... That's been my opinions on the wrestling bubble. That's been the worst of Australian wrestling all in one at the same time. <laughs> That's been something that I've wanted to get off my chest for a long ass time. And it's something that I'll stick by. Yeah. And if you live in the wrestling bubble <laughs> and you think dumb fucking shit, like having a superpower being eating chips and tapping out to it is acceptable or fucking being knocked out cold from a fucking frog splash is cool or not advertising a former NXT superstar with actual money in a viable market that would make it look fucking important is good. Then please come on our podcast, come disagree with me, come, come spar with me in a non-text based environment because you have no chance, my friend, you have a snowball's chance in hell of being, of having a logical argument against me with wrestling. Cause fucking not only do I fucking, I swear to God, I will say this on record. Not only do I have a genius mind for this, I live in a world that is completely unruled by my own ego. I will book any wrestler despite what shitty thing they drew to me. And if you don't believe me, you should see underworld wrestling and you should meet the scumbags that fucked me over there. <laughs> And I still won't say anything bad about people because when you're a performer, you matter to somebody. And all that matters in the wrestling, and I'll close and you'll agree with me this, man. All that matters in wrestling is making the fans happy. And sometimes that means you might not like a person, but they're fucking over. And that means you got to give them all your creative energy, not bury them just because you don't like them. That's bullshit. And that's the wrestling bubble. That's what I talk about. And that's why I say, I know what I'm talking about. And, like I know that I'm smarter than all these motherfuckers that call themselves geniuses because they live in this wrestling bubble. They damage each other. They hurt other promotions. They try to tell wrestlers that only wrestle once a week, once a month, if they're lucky, that they got to go under contract for no money to make fifty yeah. bucks a month. That and they try to stifle wrestlers from from being able to wrestle. There's like so much crap out there, especially in Australian wrestling, man. That needs to fucking die in the ass. The bubble needs to be popped, and I'm the motherfucker with the pin. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say that for a long ass time. I feel fucking happy. <laughs> feel lighter now. I do actually. I do. Because nobody's Clear doing good mind. enough, man. I'm the only, listen to this dude, and this can sound egotistical. I'm the only person in the history of Australian wrestling to have a national streaming company air my shit. I got approached by Twitch because of my ideas. My team sat down with Twitch and they offered us partnership before we even became a company. And that was my ideas because I took an idea for wrestling and I shook it up and I made people talk. And that, (laughs) to borrow a term from fucking the WWE, that moves the needle. (laughs) I don't see, I don't see your promotions being impersonated on WWE raw. Yeah. That's a, that can be a subject for another week, I reckon. Yeah, that can be. Yeah, that'll be something to come back to. And thank you, Carmen, for coming to my Savage Tales uh, TED Talk. Yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we put that in the description? <laughs> Rad's Fuck TED it. Talk on the wrestling bubble. Hey, Rad, Rad shoots one with you. Shoots one with you. Oh, shit, I think, I think our audio is starting to go. I might have brought Hawk back. Oh no! <laughs> we better call it a night. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. I think. I mean, Sheik's already called it a night. I mean, he was already quite sedated when he came here anyway. anyway. I think there's all the A to the Z's. I thought no. I thought that line would have woken him up a bit, but it seems we just put him straight back to sleep. So, man, I think we'll, we'll be having him back. 
Yeah, probably not. Might, might have to put another feeler out to Arnie. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> not filming more car com- car commercials. <laughs> totally. And yeah. I will I will wrap that up with you until our pay-per-view yeah. debut next week with the fabulous Mark Williamson and uh, the always amazing Mason Childs Australian Wolf. Yeah, be a lot of fun. <laughs> and now yeah. I say goodbye. Adios, Sheik, you're going to say something? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sheik, go back to sleep. See ya. See ya. Bye. 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 <laughs>